My body is my temple. That's why I start every morning with a brisk aerobic workout. But I can't do it alone. Workouts are easier when you have a partner. My workout partner is my maid, Marguerite. Marguerite's soft brown stomach protects my knees and ankles from unnecessary wear and tear. Not too much longer, me sopra, okay? Ah! That means shut up in Spanish. 15 minutes a day is all you need to get your heart rate up to where- Please, me sopra, you're crushing my- Oh! Sorry, me sopra. Those of you on the audio-only podcast, that was old Comedy Central video of Jimmy Kimmel in blackface, in a fat suit, pretending to be a woman, stamping on a Latina immigrant. Uh, I'm Dave Rubin. This is The Rubin Report. It's January 4th, 2024. Uh, we're live streaming on Rumble, YouTube, and Locals. Share, subscribe, tap that notification bell. If you haven't, post-game show, rubinreport.locals.com immediately after the show, and there is a reason we are showing you Jimmy Kimmel in blackface in a fat suit as a woman jumping up and down on a Latina immigrant. It's because he's in a bit of a feud right now with Aaron Rodgers. And you might go, well, Dave, who cares about a feud between, you know, kind of like, uh, I, don't, I can't say he's washed up, right? Like the guy's a late night TV host probably making 30 million a year. So let's not say washed up, but hacky late night comedian who's just part of the machine versus Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, obviously football legendary uh, quarterback now on the Jets. They've gotten into a feud over the, and this brings it to what we're talking about today, uh, these Jeffrey Epstein uh, files that have been unsealed and they've been fighting uh, yesterday and now today not a good two days for Bill Clinton and a whole bunch of other people, including Stephen Hawking. Stephen Hawking? What? What? At an orgy? What? What? No pictures were released, thankfully. Um, anyway, we're gonna cover all of that, and then we've got a Ruben Report community Q&A. So actually, if you wanna try to get a question in on the fly, you can jump over to rubenreport.locals.com right now, and we'll see if we can add something as we're doing this live. So, okay, so I wanna take you back a little bit. Oh, and I should say before, you know, I haven't done much on this Epstein stuff. I, I honestly don't know what to make of it. It kind of feels like the whole thing was a honey trap, basically, you know, where it's, where intelligence agencies kind of just get people to be at things, offer them these young girls, and then you can kind of blackmail people. Like, that's what generally people think of it. That kind of seems right to me. They released these docs yesterday. What a lot of people are saying is that they've already redacted all of the important names. So the names that they're releasing now are just like, oh, these are people we can just kind of throw to the wolves. That's what's so interesting about Bill Clinton because he's a former president and it seems like he's sort of a sacrificial lamb here. Now, of course, if he banged underage girls or God knows what he did, then you gotta pay the price. But it seems like he's being thrown out of the, thrown off the bus or under the bus while some other people are probably gonna get away. So let's go back now for a moment a uh, couple days ago on the Pat McAfee show on ESPN, he had Aaron Rodgers on uh, and they knew that these Epstein files were about to be released and Aaron Rodgers has been going at it with Jimmy Kimmel for a while, mostly over COVID stuff. Uh, but then Aaron Rodgers had this to say about Jimmy and the Epstein files. Mm -hmm. Bring it up, bring it up, Foxy or somebody back Seats there. Seats on it. We have Super Bowl 58. You'll see it. The emblem put on the screen. And then bring up 57 and 56. This has something to do with the Epstein list that came out. 
Feels like <laughs> feels like it's supposed to be coming out soon. That's supposed to be coming out. Soon. Look, this guy's been it's waiting in his wine people. cellar. Yeah. I've been waiting in my wine <laughs> cellar for this <laughs> thing. A lot of people, including Jimmy Kimmel, are really hoping that doesn't. Please, <laughs> all right, all right. Obviously, a clip from this particular program was run on Jimmy Kimmel's show. Uh, whenever Aaron brought up the the list, and then. Jimmy mocked him for it. Mm-hmm. Aaron has not forgotten about that. But here we are, sitting right in front of that nice bottle of scotch. Mm-hmm. What do you say? I'm waiting to celebrate something. Oh, yeah. yeah something <laughs> He's awesome. been waiting That's for the that. That's the one. <laughs> You've been waiting for hey, I'll tell you what. If that list comes out, I definitely will be popping popping some sort of bottle. Hey, you've been calling for it for a few years now. Anyone else notice this? Oh. My God. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've known. That's They've known for years. Like I'm saying, that next that 59 better be jet green. That's all I'm saying. Interesting. Well, yeah, well, unless it's Colts blue. Remember, we got Anthony Richardson coming. Could be. Yeah. Patriots blue might be there, too. Okay, sorry. We should have cut a little bit earlier there. You got a little inside football, uh, Super Bowl stuff there. Uh, the point of all of this, because you might be going, Dave, why, why does this matter? How is this really related to the Epstein thing? Is that Kimmel and uh, Aaron Rodgers have been fighting over COVID for a long time. So Kimmel's done a million jokes and gone after him on Twitter and everything else because Aaron Rodgers did not want to get vaxxed. And there seems to be this odd connection between all of these people who were, say, skeptical of the vaccine and the mainstream people always trying to take them out, calling them right-wing dingbats. I believe that's exactly what he called them, if I'm not mistaken. And now, apparently, Aaron Rodgers very happy that Jimmy Kimmel supposedly was going to be on the list. Now, as far as I've seen up until the moment we started the show, Jimmy Kimmel was actually not on the release list. As I said, there's probably a whole bunch of redacted stuff and people that are just not on there that we'll maybe never know about. What Aaron Rodgers was also connecting this to is here is video of Jimmy Kimmel and apparently his best friend and chef, Adam Perry Lang, who also was Jeffrey Epstein's personal chef for years. A little bizarre, but take a look. Where they cook the food. That the hot side and then the cold side. The APL stands for Adam Perry Lang, the restaurant's owner and chef, and Jimmy's longtime friend. How did you guys meet? We don't even know each other. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, this is awkward. We met. Adam was a chef on my yeah. show. He barbecued a whole pig. Yeah, a whole pig in our parking lot. And the rest is LA foodie history. Okay, so I have no idea what's going on here exactly. Other than Jimmy Kimmel is now being very defensive. Jimmy Kimmel, who calls everyone right-wing maniacs and, you know, January 6th insurrectionists and and racists while he's in blackface and all of that stuff. Uh, He is not very happy right now that Aaron Rodgers is going after him, right? He said that if you didn't get the vax, you were going to kill everybody and that hospitals shouldn't take care of you. We've played some of those quote-unquote jokes uh, before. Anyway, here's a tweet from Jimmy Kimmel about Aaron Rodgers. He wrote, Dear asshole, for the record, I've not met, flown with, visited, or had any contact whatsoever with Epstein, nor will you find my name on any other on any list other than the clearly phony nonsense that soft brain wackos like yourself can't seem to distinguish from reality. Your reckless words put my family in danger. Keep it up and we will debate the facts further in court. So that that's really why I wanted to do this because who knows what's exactly true here, but there's a certain set of people that sling mud at everybody, right? The vax, the unvaxxed shouldn't get uh, help at hospitals. These people are all racists and white supremacists and everything else. And then when they get attacked, then we're going to talk about uh, who's going to go to court 
and everything else. But putting all of that drama aside for just a moment, that was really our way of just getting into this. There are some pretty notable people uh, who are being hit in this Epstein list. Uh, Bill Clinton is the main one. Here is a picture of Bill Clinton. This is not a new picture. This is a picture of Bill Clinton and Jeffrey Epstein from, uh, this is probably about 30 or so years ago. Uh, and here is an image. This is a, a picture of a painting that was hanging in Jeffrey Epstein's townhouse in New York City. That's Bill Clinton, obviously in a blue dress, which is a reference to Monica Lewinsky. Uh, and he's pointing like there's just something kind of fishy and weird about this. Okay, so be it. Uh, here's a video. This is, uh, this is what, about two, three weeks ago. Bill Clinton being asked about his friendship with Jeffrey Epstein. It's a little hard to hear the audio here, but hopefully you'll get it. All right, he kind of does what they all do. Like he laughs it off and then he says something, I think the evidence is, it's unclear what he says. I think the evidence is clear. I think the evidence is unclear. I don't know exactly. But when it comes to evidence, so yesterday this list was released and Bill Clinton was in it. Take a look. This is from the deposition that they released. Uh, question, let me back up. Do you know if Bill Clinton was a friend of Jeffrey Epstein? Answer, I knew he had dealings with Bill Clinton. I did not know they were friends until I read the Vanity Fair article about them going to Africa together. Question, did Jeffrey ever talk to you about Bill Clinton? Answer, he said one time that Clinton likes them young, referring to girls. Now, I believe the person being questioned in that is one of, at the time, one of the under aged girls. Who knows if she's telling the truth or anything else, but this is now evidence, right? Like when people are testifying under oath, this is evidence. So Bill Clinton was asking for evidence to be released. Well, it's a type of evidence right there. Uh, there is a little bit more. It gets weirder. Uh, this is an email from Jeffrey Epstein to Giselle Maxwell, who is now the only person in prison related to any of these files. Uh, so this is Epstein to Maxwell. You can issue a reward to any of Virginia's friends' acquaintances. Now, Virginia is one of the underage girls. Uh, Virginia's friends' acquaintances' family that come forward and help prove her allegations are false. The strongest is the Clinton dinner and the new version in the Virgin Islands uh, that Stephen Hawking participated in an underage orgy. What are we doing with our lives? What are we doing? You know what I mean? There's gotta be more important things happening. Isn't there an invasion on the Southern border? Stephen Hawking is in an orgy. Bill Clinton, like what is happening here? Anyway, here's how the New York Times is covering it. If you just wanna see how absolutely evil the mainstream media is. Hundreds of pages of previously sealed court documents related to Jeffrey Epstein, the disgraced financier and registered sex offender, were made public Wednesday, but are, but as most legal experts familiar with the affair surmised, there was no smoking gun list. There's testified, uh, there's testimony in a deposition that Bill Clinton likes them young and an orgy involving like <laughs> Stephen Hawking. Like, I, I, let's just show you one more. This is from Vice. I mean, this is how they run cover for people. The Jeffrey Epstein story is fanning flames Banning the flames of far-right pedophilia panic. Uh, 
like some of this kind of sounds like it probably was true. Anyway, just a little bit more to wrap this to where we started at the top with Aaron Rodgers and Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, Kimmel had been attacking Aaron Rodgers for years, uh, calling him a dingbat and an anti-vaxxer and he didn't want to get the COVID vax and everything else. So here is Aaron Rodgers on Joe Rogan. This is a couple months back on what it was like to be attacked for being a conspiracy theorist who wouldn't get vaxxed. Science that can't be questioned isn't, isn't science anymore. It's propaganda. Right. And that was my problem with the whole thing is science is propagated by peer review. Yes. And you have an, an idea and then giving it to your colleagues or a, a study group or an institution and then having them review it. Yes. And figure out, did your shit make any sense or there's some holes in it? Yeah. Right? But there wasn't any questioning of the information that was put out. Well, it, was, it, was, it, was it wasn't panic. allowed. There was questioning, right. but it wasn't allowed. Yes. You're automatically put into anti-vaxxer, flat earth, crazy, white, right-wing conspiracy. Right? Like, we all get it. Anyone that questioned the vaccines, questioned the mandates, if you question anything related to diversity, equity, and inclusion, all of these things, they label you these things. The machine then puts out comedians, late night hosts, they put out television uh, journalists, quote unquote journalists, out there to label everybody all of these awful things, and it just marches on. So I think, I don't know, I just think there was something interesting about this Kimmel, Aaron Rodgers thing as it relates to the Epstein list. How is Bill Clinton sort of the one really big name that seems to be getting crushed in this thing? And we're not gonna find out about a whole bunch of other people, like did they clean up the list over the last five years? Why did the list just come out yesterday? There's a whole bunch there. I don't know that I have any more insight into it than any of you do. I think there's more questions than answers right now. And speaking of questions and answers, we're about to get to a rubenreport.locals.com community Q&A, but let me talk to you guys about Ramp real quick. Guys, running a business is tricky and you have to stay on top of every little detail across expenses, payments, and accounting. Who can you use to make or break, who you use can make or break you and you need the best. Ramp is a complete game changer and saves you time from getting trapped in busy work while maximizing productivity and cutting wasteful spending. Ramp is a corporate card and spend management software designed to help you save time and put money back in your pocket. In fact, businesses that use Ramp save an average of 5% in the first year. With Ramp, you're able to issue cards to every employee with limits and restrictions and automate expense reporting so you can stop wasting time at the end of every month. They're also easy to use, issue virtual and physical cards and start making payments in less than 15 minutes. Whether you have five employees or 5,000, Ramp will save you time and money. Get $250 when you join Ramp today. Just go to ramp.com slash Ruben, ramp.com, R-A-M-P.com slash Ruben. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members, FDIC. Terms and conditions apply. And now back to me. Actually, if we take any questions on the fly, if you guys have any other insight into what the hell's going on with this list, this list, the timing of it and everything else, I'm, I'm really all ears on this one. Sarah says, do you think that these crazy lefties in the media actually believe they are doing good for this country or are they just putting on a front? It is very hard to say. I think it's a combination of everything. First off, the road to hell is paved with good intentions, right? So I think most people, most people in general think they're doing good, right? Like most people don't wake up in the morning think they're thinking they're gonna put evil out into the world. Bad people, even, people that do horrible things. Hitler in his own mind, I have no doubt thought he was doing good. So your intentions are sort of irrelevant. It's what the results of your work, your thoughts, your deeds, 
actually bring to fruition in the world. That's actually what matters. I would say a lot of these people are, are just really, really bamboozled. Like if you were to look at say like the women of The View, like I think they're just really bamboozled. Whoopi, Joy, these were like sane, funny, interesting actors, comic people that weren't like crazy lefty activists. And then we just watched, we watched the left go bananas and they were just on the ride, right? Then you've got somebody like Sonny Hostin. I, I actually think she's a genuine racist and not particularly bright. And the way she lies or the way that Anna Navarro, who lives here in Florida and flourishes here in Florida, and she drives around her Maserati married to her husband, who's worth hundreds of millions of dollars and pretends that this is some awful place. Like you're, she's genuinely bad. I would say someone like Alyssa Farah, it's like, you're there because they put you in the chair to be the pet Republican, to get tapped on the head every now and again. So you don't sound crazy all the time, but you know you'll never sort of accomplish your cause. You'll just take money for it. Um, I, I don't know, like ultimately, like it's, it's probably on each individual person to be judged, really. Um, but I do think most of them think, most of them do think they are doing good. Uh, Shelly says, Dave, I just finished listening to today's People of the Internet and would like to know what product you use in your hair that comes from Italy that keeps your hair quite dapper looking, especially with the humidity in Florida. That might be the icing on the cake for me to relocate to the free state of Florida if I didn't have to worry about my hair getting frizzy all the time. This has become an issue in my family because my parents do live part-time in Florida. I'm trying to get them down here more often. And my mom's always worried that the humidity is gonna, you know, kind of push the hair down a little bit more. Uh, I think we have a picture of my product. I took it this morning in the bathroom. That's right. I found this product. I don't know that you can get this in stores. I think we have, it's called Organethic Pure Care. I found this at a resort in Mexico like two years ago because I forgot my gel when we were traveling. I forgot my hair product, bought it at the resort. Absolutely love it. Daphne is in touch with people over there and she gets it directly to me. And if you can get a hold of it, I mean, you know, it, it's gonna keep the hair going. Even in, the, even in the humidity, we welcome you to the free state of Florida. Nara says, did you, David and the boys, have a wonderful time sharing the holidays with family and friends? Knowing how much you enjoy music, did you play special songs from your private playlist for all of them? I think it would be terrific if you could share just three of those songs with us, your Rubenite family. Music lifts spirit and makes you smile. You know, I believe that I have shared the official, I have the Dave Rubin Party Perfection playlist. It's about seven and a half hours of the perfect party playlist. That's what we played for the big Rubin Report holiday party. People love this playlist. Brock, do you love this playlist? Every song that came on, Brock said, my God, this is the best song I've ever heard. That's how good this playlist is, okay? I'll post the link to that one in Locals. Uh, yeah, we have music playing throughout the house all day long. I, you know, lately, believe it, this is gonna sound corny, but I have been loving it. I am loving Muzak lately. You guys know what, before your time, you guys don't even know what Muzak is. Muzak, M-U-Z-A-K, was like the sounds of the malls in the 1980s. They would just put on this light ambient. It would be like they would take the hits of the day. So t picture like whatever the big hits of the 80s were, take all the words out and make it a little more, a little more of an orchestra feeling. And that's what I'm playing in the house all day long, every day now. I put it on the, like basically the second I wake up and, it, and it's playing throughout the day. Um, I will post some music in the, in the Ruben Report uh, community and I want you guys to as well. 
Uh, Chuck says, it seems like too many things are lining up in favor of conservatives, and this is usually when the liberal elites elite unleash some new and unexpected chaos. What do you think they are really planning in the darkness? Well, you know, I was thinking with this Epstein thing last night as it was rolling out, and I was really, it was, it was rolling out about 9 p.m., and that's really the time of day, like the kids were already in bed, I was sitting on the couch, I was watching Seinfeld as I usually do, and I was just trying to like not be in the fight for a moment. And I was like, oh, they're putting this thing out. And it's like, well, what's gonna come after this? Because anytime there's anything that points to some evidence of something, it seems like all hell breaks loose, right? I don't know, I don't know. Uh, the big thing that people keep saying right now is we're gonna have some kind of like internet outage, that that, that movie on Netflix that I've referenced a couple times that was produced by Obama, uh, Leave the World Behind, that that's what happens in the movie. And that's what people seem to happen, you know, is it they roll out another COVID? Is it that, you know, the war in the Middle East expands further? Is there an EMP? I don't know. I don't know what, I don't know. But I think the best thing you can do is have a little extra food in your house, maybe have a gun, or you should have a gun, um, you know, grow some food if you can, if you can build a garden, like do some stuff to take care of yourself so that whatever the thing might be, um, you have a little bit of extra time and sense about you to, to take care of yourself and take care of your family. Who knows, like what other, because it's not, the thing is, it's never the things we think it's going to be, right? Like it's never just like, oh, you know, they're in two weeks they're gonna do this and then that thing happens. It's always something else. It's always some other weird thing. So we shall see. Uh, Dave says, congrats on two years in Florida. Uh, I left California for South Carolina three years ago. While we miss a few restaurants and many friends, it was the smartest thing we have done. What other than the homeless guy throwing poo at you do you and David miss? Have I talked about the homeless guy who used to throw poo at us? That was Remember that guy on the corner of Ventura and uh, right outside the mall over there? Um, I, I don't miss anything from uh, from LA, do, we've discussed this. Do you guys miss anything? There was this place, Boa Steakhouse, that was my favorite like joint to go to at night. And I, I went there a couple weeks ago when we were back in LA. Um, I don't miss anything. I don't miss the people, I, I don't miss the weather. Yeah, we had some friends there, I, I had a great house, we had a good life there. But I just, I love it here. I like being part of something that you can, that, that feels like it's solid and that we can just continue building goodness with. I like being in a place that everyone that I talk to that doesn't live here is thinking about moving here. Literally every conversation I have, no matter, you know, and even our family that we're visiting over Christmas, it's like everybody's like, yeah, there's something, there's something going on here. It feels like there's law and order. Not, not just feels like there's law and order here, there is law and order here. Actually, like three weeks ago, middle of the night, Clyde's barking his brains out, like going crazy. So I walked to the, to the front of the house and I'm looking through the window and our gate was, was wide open. Like somehow the gate tripped and I see a car right there and I was like, oh shit, who is that? And it turned out it was the police because they noticed that the gate was open and they were coming by to make sure everything's okay. Like think how fundamentally different that is than what happens in say Los Angeles where they can break into your house and then you get arrested for defending yourself. Here, my gate is open, the police are just happened to be driving around making sure everything's okay. So, um, I, is there anything? You were born and bred there, you must miss something. Hate it. Not, hate it, that's what he said. Come on, you had three good years there, we gave you a couple of good years. Dodger games, Dodger games. You never lived in LA. You've only been once. Joey, Joey, you ever been to LA? One time, do you, do you, do you enjoy it? Didn't enjoy it. All right, <laughs> sorry, what can I tell you? Um, Kelly says, I don't trust the government, but I have some straight up conspiracy tinfoil hat wearing friends. 
I worry that they make other people think we're all nuts. How do you handle them when they're mostly correct, but a little over the top? I don't want them turning their independent friends and family away from Republicans. You know, this is a great question and it's a tough answer, right? Because the sense-making layer, right? When we did the comeback show uh, in the new year on Tuesday, what did I kept saying? Like we've, we've just blown apart the sense-making layer. We need a trusted group of people in a society that are sort of, they don't have to be completely apolitical, but they have to be like, you know, you, you need them to be like authors and thinkers and maybe comedians, people that are just not fully ingrained in the system that can look at it a little bit from the outside and help make sense of it. We used to have a lot of that. We don't anymore. One of the reasons I'm always railing on the late night uh, comedians is because they've all become partisan hacks as opposed to you could look at a guy like Johnny Carson. Johnny Carson one night would have Carl Sagan on talking about science. Then the next night he would have Ronald Reagan on and the next night he would have Bill Clinton on. Like there was a wide array of things that you could talk about and think about and dissect. And then, and then a society could, it would leave you to make some decisions for yourself. And we don't have that anymore. You used to turn on CNN and think you were getting something true. You used to watch ABC or NBC or CBS. And as I've said, it just depended whether you liked Tom Brokaw or you liked Peter Jennings or the other guy. And it's like, there was at least a sense that we all kind of believe the same things. Now we're all off in all of these roads and these different avenues. And it's like, you can't blame anybody. Like when I meet people, we had dinner with a friend of mine in, in New York not too long ago. He might be watching this show right now. And he was going on and on and on about how we've never been to the moon. And he was talking about this filament that exists above, they kept saying filament, and it exists above, and we can't break through that filament, something. And just going on and on and on about this stuff. And, he, and we were having a great time talking about it and all the conspiracies and everything else. But it's like, I can't blame people that are conspiracy theorists now because truth seems to be a time release pill. And we're finding out that an awful lot of stuff that we did believe is not true. And we're finding out that the experts have lied to us about so much. So I don't know what you do other, other than uh, plead your case as best as you can to, to keep people kind of approximately on earth. Uh, Eurasian says, if a video of Claudine Gay stealing a car had surfaced, do you think that idiot at CNN would have said, no, no, that's not car theft. That's just borrowing a vehicle without proper permission. Now what that, now what that white lady did over there, that was Grand Theft Auto. So if, for those of you that missed the show yesterday, we played this incredible, can we pull that video up possibly? The, the video of the CNN guy from yesterday, the guy pretending that uh, Claudine Gay didn't steal. She just, what was it? She copied and pasted. Uh, all right, we're going we're gonna to try to grab that. It was just an extraordinary video. You know, this whole story breaks. Claudine Gay, president of Harvard, or now resigned president of Harvard, there are over 50 instances of plagiarism, meaning she actually copied people's words and did not credit them. You would be kicked out as a student of Harvard uh, if you did that. She has now resigned because of this, and, and I fully believe she resigned because of this, not the anti-Semitism thing, because they were gonna let her skate by on that. This is what got her. Anyway, Chet, we have the video. So this is, yes, this is just two or three days ago on CNN, and listen to the way this guy runs cover. It's sort of like what we just showed you, the headline from the New York Times, there's no smoking gun in the Epstein thing. Oh, Bill Clinton likes young girls. Watch the way they run cover for these people. These plagiarism allegations uh, where Claudine Gay has had to issue corrections, um, multiple corrections. Now, 
We should note that um, Claudine Gay has not been accused of stealing anyone's ideas in any of her writings. Uh, she's been accused of sort of a, more like a copying uh, other people's writings without attribution. So it's been more sloppy attribution than stealing anyone's ideas. But nonetheless, you, you put all of that together. Just incredible. Like, it really is just incredible. Not, not accused of stealing anyone's ideas, just copying without accreditation. Just not saying that she stole... It's this exact same thing. So yes, this is what these people do. And then you wonder why we don't trust CNN, right? It gets us to the earlier question. You wonder why you don't trust the, the experts anymore, the experts who lied to you about masks and injections and all of those things. And over time, that is not good for a society when the entire expert class or the, the entire sense-making layer, when that's been blown apart and then everybody has to go, all right, who do you trust? Well, I trust Dave Rubin, I trust Joe Rogan, I trust this one, that one. Like, all right, but none of us are perfect and we're not experts in all of these things and we're all just trying to slog through it just like you are. James says, who is worse, Sonny Hostin or Joy Reid? Well, I've discussed Sonny earlier on the show. I mean, Sonny, Sonny is, is genuinely, like I don't give her the good intentions thing. Like I, I really believe she is a racist, she is a Marxist, she, she hates America and all that stuff. Joy Reid, what has happened to Joy Reid? We don't, we don't talk about Joy Reid that much on the show anymore. I, I don't know what's happened to her. Like, you know, she's, she's an idiot. She's definitely a diversity hire. Um, she got, I think she said she got into Harvard because of a, affirmative action. Um, I would say in that Sunny seems more relevant to me right now, she's probably the worst one. Uh, Samantha says, Dear Dave, I'm a huge fan of yours from Portugal. And even though I can't vote in the US elections, I support Ron DeSantis for president. Do you think he still has a chance to win the nomination? Well, look, I think it all boils down to Iowa. It's as simple as that. We have a, we have a wacky primary system. The Iowa caucus is uh, January 15th, so you know less than two weeks away. He has been to all 99 counties there. It sounds like they have signed up a, a tremendous amount of captains. These are the people at the caucuses who wrangle everybody in, because uh, this is not just like a normal one person, one vote thing. They get these people to show up at the caucuses. We're all gonna vote for this person, blah, blah, blah. If he does well there, I think, it, I think what it would do basically is blow up the, the notion that Trump is in, is inevitable, right? That he has a force field around him and can't be stopped. And then you got about four or five days before New Hampshire and then South Carolina. And then people might go, oh, well, Trump didn't debate and we thought he was up 50, but DeSantis won this thing. Like, And I do kind of like DeSantis and I wasn't gonna vote for him because I thought Trump was automatically gonna win. Like, I think there's some chance in there I understand that I'm outside of conventional wisdom on that one. Like most people think Trump's gonna win this thing in a landslide, we shall see. The other thing that I'm seeing out of mainstream right now is that somehow Nikki is really hot. I, I don't really see that amongst people. I see it amongst the media. I don't see it amongst people. You just never know in these elections. So yes, I would say he has a chance, but if he doesn't do well in Iowa, I don't see how they reverse that. So I think it's, it's Iowa or bust. Uh, Lorielli says, I have purchased my ticket to see Jordan in Salt Lake City on March 5th. Will you be there for, to open for him? So, you know, Jordan, Jordan's going back out on tour for like five months, starting at the end of this month. I am not opening for him on the tour, just I, I have too much going on with the show and, and life and everything else. Maybe I'll join him for, for some of the stops. We're, we're starting to talk about something, so we'll see about that. Um, but I will tell you that the, the two or three shows that we did, we did I did a stand-up show uh, in Salt Lake City at Wisecrackers, I think, which was one of the best 
shows that I've ever done. Jordan was my special guest at the end of that and it was just absolutely a blast. And then we did a show uh, the next night, the Jordan show, a couple thousand people, it was just great. And I just love the people of Salt Lake City. I Mormons, I think, just have a great sense of humor and are fun and they can laugh at themselves and of other people and they're not politically correct. And I, yeah, I just had a great time. And Salt Lake City is a beautiful city. Uh, I know Utah's got a couple of problems right now and maybe one of your senators ain't so great, um, but one of them is pretty great, Mike Lee. Um, so yeah, I, maybe, who knows, possibly. Uh, Jen says, what was your reaction? Oh, I see we have a spoiler note here. Uh, what was your reaction when you first saw the Golden Girls series finale? It was so fitting that Dorothy got married. Can I see that spoiler alert again, just to make sure? Uh, director's note, spoiler for the Golden Girls season finale. All right, so if you haven't seen the Golden Girls season finale, thank you, Connor, for doing that. Uh, it did come out in May of 1992, so this is a hell of a spoiler alert we're giving you guys. But in the final two-part episode, One Flew from the Cuckoo's Nest, Dorothy, played by B. Arthur, obviously, marries Blanche, Rue McClanahan's uncle, played Uncle Lucas, played by Leslie Nielsen, who is the really the greatest, and then they get married in the second episode, and there's Leslie Nielsen, of course, from, from Naked Gun and from Airplane, probably the greatest comic actor of all time, and I, I adored all the ladies, but especially B. Arthur, so it was just for me, I loved the show. I remember I was so sad that night that it was all over. I was 16 years old, but like, I just loved that show so much. I still, I still watch it. If you watch that show, you know, one of the marks of a good show is that it gets better over time. You know, a lot of shows, what uh, shows, what happens is they're good for a while and then they jump the shark. And of course, jump the shark is the phrase that happened from happy days where the Fonz in like season seven or something, he literally rides his motorcycle over a pit with a shark in it. And everyone, that's how the phrase jump the shark uh, um, came into the lexicon because it was like, this is so stupid. The show just jumped the shark. So they refer to other shows where, when they just get, get on the other side of being good. Uh, but a few sitcoms that doesn't happen to. And I would say Golden Girls was as good in season seven, the last season, as it, it was better, I would say, than it was even in the first couple seasons. Um, that was a good spoiler. I won't tell you what happens in the last final few moments, but just beautiful. Uh, Amy says, have you tried Pash Anejo tequila? I bought some for my husband for Christmas and he loves it. I haven't. That's P-A-T-S-C-H. I will check that out for sure. Uh, but I did get a tequila from a friend of mine. Uh, that's the bottle that I got. I mean, look at that. That is a really, really cool bottle. This, I, I have a feeling this is a pretty penny. I didn't buy it for myself. Uh, but this is Shakira Jaguar Head. I think it's extra Anejo, if I'm not mistaken. I've only had one little uh, sip of it so far, but really smooth and beautiful. And the bottle's just really cool. So uh, there's always good tequilas. And our tequila, I think I will be going to Mexico for two days uh, in February for a little tequila tasting because we are working on the, uh, the Dave Rubin official tequila. Lynn says, I'm starting to hear that the moon landing was a hoax. Oh, this could, be, this could be my friend Bob with the filament. What are your feelings on it? I have a hard time believing it because they were sending so many astronauts up in space at the time. I remember watching it with my friends and it looked pretty real to me. Well, first of all, Brock's freaking out over there. What, you think it's a hoax? I, I think the first moon landing was fake. Brock believes that the first moon landing was fake. Um, do I believe that the moon landing was fake? I would need evidence to prove that. Extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. I suppose you might say that uh, we would need more extraordinary evidence to think that we got there in the first place. I mean, what's weird to me is that we have not been on the moon. Do you know when the last time we were on the moon? No, I think it was 73, if I'm not mistaken. Can someone Google that? Google that. We have not been on the moon. Well, we're gonna fact check me here. 
I think since 1973. Now, if you think about the power of computing that is in this thing that we all have in our pocket versus the power of the computers. 72. 72, okay, close enough. Versus the power of computers that we had back then, like you may say, well, there's no reason for us to go to the moon. We didn't find any life there. There's no water there. There's no organic material. We're off to other planets now. We're working on Mars and everything else. But you'd think that we, we could still maybe have set up shop there or we could just get back there real quick or have little trips to go there or something. I mean, I know NASA's not really good at much anymore. We used to send the best and the brightest wanted to be part of NASA. Now they wanna be part of SpaceX and work in the private sector for Elon, obviously, rather than, than work for the government. Um, I would say at this point, I believe it is real. Would it shock me if in a year from now, the, the files come out and they made up that too? Uh, I suppose not, I suppose not. Uh, A Tennis says, can you share more about your experience using the big green egg? What are your favorite dishes to prepare with it? How does the meat taste differently from a traditional charcoal or gas grill? So the big green egg is a smoker. We should have snagged a, a picture of it or of something I've cooked. Uh, it's a smoker, so it's not a gas grill or a charcoal grill. A charcoal grill or a gas grill, you're just cooking off direct heat, right? You're char broiling, you're getting direct flame on there. You can cook indirectly, obviously and then sear after on the, on the part with the fire, but you're cooking via fire, right? A smoker, you're literally cooking via smoke. So you're putting in wood chips and charcoal that are gonna release the, the scent and the aromas of smoke, and then you cook indirectly. So when you, when you have the big green egg, or, or I think probably any smoker, you have basically a ceramic plate that stops the fire. So the fire is burning, but it's not hitting the meat directly. It's just releasing that smoke. And then what you do with the big green egg, which is why it's fun, is you have this, uh, you have a sort of nozzle on the top and below, a kind of dial up below, and you're constantly tweaking, getting it so that you're getting that perfect airflow, that perfect temperature that you want, and you're just slowly, slowly smoke, uh, cooking with smoke. So the smoke is, is basically being injected uh, into the meat. So the, basically you wanna cook things that it's gonna take a longer time to cook. So brisket, which is really tough, right? That's why they cook brisket for 10, 12, 14, 16 hours. Brisket I've done where I've done it, I've done it overnight where I put it in it at 10 p.m. and we don't take it out till noon the next day, you know, like a 16 pound brisket. Um, you can cook more tender things. You could do a filet mignon in there, um, but you're only gonna have it in there for like 45 minutes, if that much. So it's not gonna be quite as smoky. But if you like barbecuing, if you like being outdoors and cooking, and if you like, like if you like meat in general and just like any of that appeals to you, and I love just messing with seasonings and trying different things, and I'll try to cook a couple of different things on there at once, like a T-bone, which I think is a New York strip and a filet you know, on the same cut of meat, and then I'll also have maybe a tomahawk in there and you have to time everything probably. Like if you, if you enjoy any of that, then, then I just highly, highly, highly recommend that big green egg. Uh, Arthur says, you frequently say that you will not hire anyone with a college degree these days. Does that include people with degrees from institutions like Hillsdale College? Well, look, Hillsdale's obviously doing a great job. There are, there are a few colleges that have not gone woke. The new school here in Florida is turning it all around right now. I say it more as, it's not a joke, because I do mean it, but I would say, I wouldn't absolutely hold it against someone if they went to college and they were absolutely the right person, let's put it that way. But I have no, it does not impress me that you went to college, right? I'm, I got two college dropouts right here in this room right now. Like it just, it doesn't, that's, 
it was part of a system that I, that that seemingly worked for a long time that now we know doesn't work and and kids are going into these schools and they are coming out with not only a terrible set of ideas but often racist genuinely racist ideas they've been taught what to think not how to think like it's just it's just not good and the idea even for my kids that maybe one day they they're you know they're wrapping up high school we're trying to figure out what they want to do and we could be like well you know we saved some money and what do you, maybe you want to travel for a little bit and then, oh, you're thinking about doing this. We could put a little money towards, I don't know, getting you an apartment there so that you could go build that business or you need a little money to, to fund this project that you want to work on. Like that seems so much more appealing to me than being like, go, go get your degree in lesbian badminton and let's see what happens. You'll become a Hamas member and then we'll talk. Like I'm just not that interested in that. So no, I don't think I would have it as a hard and fast rule, um, but I just see no need for it. Guys, People of the Internet is live at 1 p.m. with me and Isabel Brown. Uh, we've got a post-game show for a couple more questions at rubenreport.locals.com in about 37 seconds. And uh, we have a new Twitter account. It's at Ruben Report Show, where clips get up there. We leave you with a cold close of, an, uh, it's just been a bad day for Bill Clinton uh, and the Clinton family and foundation. Mm, makes me wonder what, how Hillary's gonna have him killed. We'll find out. Stay tuned, see you tomorrow, maybe. <laughs> I'm in danger. Thanks for tuning in to The Rubin Report. You can watch the show live every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern and 8 a.m. Pacific on Rumble, Locals, and YouTube. Don't forget to rate, review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And you can join me for the post-game wrap-up every day after the show at rubinreport.locals.com.